We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, uh, he's not here because we're talking about spooky things, and this is not Abe's uh, forte when it comes to this uh, realm of the podcast. But Out Now is a, especially when it, this kind of thing, when it's just all times of spooky stuff. But Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then, like special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, we're still completely different. And this is a little different. This is our second annual out now 2022 horror awards we did this last year and we're back doing it again maybe a bit more refined we'll see uh but that's what we're gonna do we're gonna go through the our our, what we thought were basically our favorite horror films of 2022 but through the approach of an award show which i think should prove to be quite interesting especially given who i have with me joining me for the 2022 horror awards we have from movies films and flicks he screamed at a fresh piggy after its first kill streamed from Mr. Hannigan's phone. It's Mark Hoffmeyer. Oh, thanks for having me. I rented an Airbnb uh, to get ready for this episode. There's actually another lady here. Uh, there might be a basement. So if you hear screaming later on, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. It's all good. Okay. So, but yeah. Also joining <laughs> us from Cal State Fullerton. He picked up the elderly black phone and said nope to the men trying to hire a fire starter nanny. It's Professor oh, Mike Dillon. God. <laughs> Hello. Oh. Wow. All of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> How are you both doing today? I'm excited. I'm nervous. This is this was a lot of work. I put I, I enjoyed it. This was stressful in a good way, in a first world way. But I'm ready to get into these. This is gonna be good. This is stressful, right? Just kind of <laughs> I, I need do. to do better by keeping track of these as the year goes on, as opposed to having to, you know, go go through the whole year that was in, in the last two hours before we record. <laughs> it's it's a good idea, especially because you reminded me that we did this show, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I really should have kept track of this thing." Thankfully, Letterboxd like, keeps me kind of organized as far as horror goes, so it's like well, I can at least see the ones I saw. But yeah, I tried to think of like recap, like you know, the actors, the kill, the kills, especially the kills. Trying to think like, "Oh my god, I've seen so many kills this year." Apparently, I had to figure out which ones are the best. Uh, but that is what we're doing. We have parsed out a number of categories. Um, I think like fifteen or sixteen categories here. Um, to go over the various horror films in the ways that we see fit. And we also have some special awards that we, we are each going to hand out as well, which I think should be a lot of fun. I know I had fun making mine up. I hope you guys did as well. Um, and yeah, that's that's all this episode is. We're going to be going through 2022's horror films by way of these awards. So let's just get to it. Let's get to our first awards, which is the first of our special awards. Uh, Mark, I want to hear from you. What is your first special award? All right. So the award for best boiling water goes to The Innocence, a wonderful Norwegian oh. film that uh-huh. that I was, I was going to say, is it the best pan? Like, is it the best head strike? I was like, no, you know what? It's the best boiling water. So yeah, the best boiling water of 2022 that I saw was in The Innocence. Great boiling water. Sells it. Poor legs. I I I remember this scene very specifically now that you bring it up and yes that is a that's a good award to hand out for sure. I remember watching a, that. Oh sorry. No, we had a category last year that we dropped this time called best creepy kid and I feel like in a sense would have been a contender there. Man, I was, I was, we, might, okay. we might bring it back next year for Megan, but for well, I just watched cool. the Roxanne Benjamin film of there's something wrong with the children so there's competition already between evil mm-hmm. kids. Uh, especially oh, like and not to go too far off track but the in ambulance the little girl at the beginning i think it's like a thing through her like that the that oh. that she saves and it's like oh this looks horrible i hope this kid survives she's like one of the bad kids and the there's something wrong with the children like i wish she died in ambulance now this is terrible i hate this child <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Aza Gonzalez is just too good. Like she shouldn't have saved her. Now we got this movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But so this... yeah, I mean, just let the camera sit the camera down and pour the pour the boiling water on the legs. Just leave it and watch it. It's wonderful, and it stuck with me. Good award. Okay, Mike, what's your first special award? All right, mine is the uh, Uncomfortable Sustained Eye Contact Award. Okay. Uh, so this is about, yeah, this is in recognition of how many films use long takes. There were some notable oneers, including like fake oneers that are stitched together for action scenes, but there were also some long takes that centered around really great performances. Like, for example, Rebecca Hall, uh, she has a monologue in Resurrection that's really all done in one take. But I wanted to nominate the end credit close-up for Pearl, but naturally, uh, since but since I suspect we'll be discussing Pearl elsewhere tonight, uh, I'm actually giving this award to Josh Rubin in A Wounded Fawn uh, for his. <laughs> yeah. Very sustained end credit performance, which consists of him just writhing around on the ground like a like a good sport for the entirety of the end credits. A lot of great neck stabs. Also true. <laughs> I, I this is shameless promotion, but I actually interviewed him for that movie, and we talked oh. about like a lot of like bog fog and like a lot of other things other than the movies. But yeah, it was, he was just a super cool guy. You could tell he loved being in that role and just like he's, he said he just loved performing. And at the end, he just he dug laying on the ground. And doing well, the, what yeah, he was doing. The commitment is 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 very uh very noticeable. Yeah. Oof. I gotta put wounded fun on my lid. It's on shutter, so that's easy. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, Great usage easy. of red. The color red. Mm -hmm. It you know, this is an aside, but it was a it was a weirdly prolific year for films that tried to capture this sort of 70s avant-garde cinema style. Um Wounded Fawn is an, is one of them. There's one called um Dawn Breaks Behind the Eyes. That's also very sort of 70s art horror. A few others. Flux Gourmet is another Flux one. Gourmet, um, yeah. yeah, the kind of 70s art horror grindhouse aesthetic was, was alive and well in a lot of things I saw this year. Moonfall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a mega structure. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My first special award is the Sam Raimi Award for Best Use of Three Stooges Style Slapstick. Um, I have a few uh, that go on here. Uh, first is uh, Dead Stream. Uh, very obviously, I think takes a lot from Evil yeah. Dead Two specifically. Um, I, I would add on that's like the that's like the main winner of this award. But I just want to shout out the fact that like Sam Raimi actually did make a movie of Three Stooges style slaps again with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I do think does uh, fall into the horror category in the realm of Marvel Universe movies. And um, the Foo Fighters in Studio Six 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 has a lot of uh, Raimi influence in there as well. Uh, that I appreciate it and uh you know r.i.p to taylor hawkins uh but deadstream specifically um does make great use of um pratfalls and what have you to go along with the the gooey stuff that uh, i certainly appreciate uh when it's used properly and there's a lot of rainy imitators out there this one uh does a pretty good job so i appreciate it and didn't they say with barbarian it was something upstairs and rainy downstairs they they it's like they brought in some Raimi influence down there as well, which made me kind of happy, or at least they name checked them. I can in regards see that. to that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess a lot of people who grew up with Raimi are now making movies. So there's gonna yeah. be a little bit of that influence going on. Yeah. I'd do it. It'd be terrible, but I'd do it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's our first award down. Let's move on to our next award, which some of these movies might get mentioned again. Um, funniest horror film or uh, funniest moment in a horror film from 2022. Mark, what do you have here? I, I just got to go with the middle upper class thing from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 
there's a lot of things to pick from, but I, I remember I was watching that with my wife and then they get into this big argument about, you know, like, like oh, I'm just middle class. No, you're upper middle class. Like my parents were professors, like, like, but the whole argument of like, whether you're upper middle class, middle class. And then she was like, yeah, but at the end she's like, yeah, but at a public university. And just to have this absurd conversation in the middle of this, this goofy murder mystery, it just made me so happy. And the, and the way that like Rachel Senate just delivers that dialogue, like, you know, you're upper middle class, like in the middle of a movie, it just made me happy. Like I dug the screenplay by what Sarah Delap, like, you know, she's a playwright. And uh, I just, that moment I've just been quoting all year. I don't, I don't know why, but I just think it's funny. Like you're upper middle class. Like it's just, it's my, like, I just laughed. I just love it. So that's my award for moment, not movie, but I any just, other, I love that bit. Any other ones you considered? Oh yeah. Uh, Actually, you know what? You know but, what? Why don't we? Why don't we all go through our winners, and then we can go through the ones we consider. Yeah, that, there we go. That, yeah. So, so we do in case we don't overlap. See, we're great at this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your What's your pick here? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I've got some runner ups as well, but the the one I enjoyed the most along these lines was Orphan First Kill, um, <clears throat> and in particular for a specific reason, right? So you have Isabella Furman coming back to play the character, but she's of course now fully grown. And so the movie has this persistent effort to blend a body double, mm-hmm. either obviously either a child or a little person actor, with the now fully grown Isabella Furman. And the effect is never as seamless as they clearly want it to be. And the effect I found super campy and silly. Um, so, I mean, if I had to pick a moment, I'd draw your attention to the asylum escape sequence, sure. which again, since I brought it up, is also a wonder. And they very deftly swap out Isabella Furman with a body double in this pretty well-coordinated sequence. But when you spot what they're doing and how they're executing this, it's tons of fun. And I, I, don't, I don't know whether the filmmakers are aware of just how unconvincing it all is, but the result, I, I don't know which is better whether they knew it or not, but the result is, this is the movie I found myself recommending the most to people who I know have a taste for, for camp. So that's I, my award. I feel like they'd have to know it, right? I mean, it's so... They're looking at this movie thousands of times when making it. I can't, I can't imagine them being like, oh, sure, we, but, nailed, but, we nailed this. <laughs> but there's a degree of commitment to to this effect, even though it's unconvincing. And even though it just produces this unintentional laughter. Well, that yeah, I but it'd be, very, I mean, it's not, you can't have Furman like wink at the camera and being like, look how small I am. I mean, <laughs> there's no way to like, uh, there's no way to like, it's a comedy, right? Yes, exactly. In a movie that has other camp elements not involving her size, which work quite well, I think so. Like the oh, good son bit, there's a little bit of that in there. I love a good head smash. It probably has the best head smash next to uh, Blood Relatives. So yeah, this, uh, yeah, I got on board with that movie. I had a lot. I had a good time with that that film, Orphan First Kill. It, it oh. delivered better than expected. It's a superior. It's superior to the original. Oh, you like it more? Yeah. Okay. It's fun. I'm not. I'm not saying it's leaps and bounds difference in my eyes, but I. I appreciated how it, since, you know, the cat's out of the bag in the second one, as far as the twist, it's like, so what do you do differently? And I, I appreciated what they found a way to do something differently. That still like managed to be like, oh, that's surprising. Yeah. Sarsgaard's character in the first one just gets me after a couple of viewings. Like I'm just, yeah. he's such a wet noodle in that movie. So it's kind of nice to not have him in there. Like you can just embrace the camp of the sequel or prequel. Just dig it. Uh, my, um, for, uh, my, my, my funny moment, um, I already mentioned Deadstream in the last one, so I'll go a different way because uh, I do like that tape measure scene in Barbarian. That does make me laugh quite a bit. It makes me laugh when I think about it. Most of what Justin Long is doing in that movie makes me laugh because I, I think he's very much in on how terrible a person he is and 
with the with no attempt to make him redeeming i think that makes it funnier uh, as far as what he's <laughs> what he's doing um but yeah, i mean the just the 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 edits that they're making to get to to take something that you know has some danger behind it and yet you're filtering it in through the language of this dope is just measuring with using a tape measure in the worst situations possible um i that very much worked for me especially in a theater environment where just the the mood is right for that kind of thing it's also if you think about it it's a smart character moment right because there's an earlier scene in which he so he's been credibly accused of sexual assault and there's a moment, I think, a few scenes earlier where he's partying with an old friend. He's like, yeah, you know, she she didn't want to in the beginning, but she took some convincing. She, he says something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And so the continuation with the tape measure scene is that here he is stumbling upon a scene or, you know, a, a room with the obvious signs of some kind of assault or abuse. And he's just completely oblivious mm-hmm. to to where the signals are, right, and where the lines are. And so that's that's kind of in line with this character. For sure. Uh, what is the belly, the belly laugh? Oh my gosh! Just yeah. with that, when that the tape measure and then it kept going and he's on the computer. I have you to thank for going to that press screening because I was I was like, is it worth an hour and a half drive? Because I knew nothing about it. I knew absolutely nothing. You're like, don't read anything. Just go, Mark. Like you're like, just go. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool, go. So I went in. I knew nothing about that movie, and it just it was so devious and fun. And when that tape measure came out, oh my gosh, it's lovely. It's made me laugh. I love it. Any runner-ups as far as uh, funny moments? Uh, well, uh, I'm a, I'm like a salt lick for ghosts, and uh, you know from Deadstream. Like I just keep quoting that to people. It's like probably one of my favorite lines of the year. I'm I'm a salt lick for ghosts. So yeah, from Deadstream, that's probably my runner-up. The because I I just watched Deadstream this week, so it's pretty fresh on the mind. But there's a bit where he because he's streaming constantly throughout the movie, and he early on he he's, he says like we'll make a uh, no he swears he's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to swear i'll make a no we'll make a no swearing rule uh starting after <laughs> the next one which is like a very under the breath type of thing he says but then he follows it up later where he like actually says like shit and then he says strike one under his breath as well like he's, so he's like he's calling back <laughs> to this thing uh that I think is really uh it just it's baked into the performance that i think works really well with that it made me laugh quite a bit um there is a... yeah, I'll, I'll jump on i'll jump on the the directing team joseph and vanessa winter who did uh, deadstream joseph winter i think also stars in it he's a star yeah, yeah um yeah they uh also directed to my mind the only good segment of the last vhs film which is the last one uh the one that takes place in hell yeah uh, so they had a pretty good debut year i think yeah uh but that last segment has a character in it who i just found that was rolling around laughing the uh, mabel <laughs> Yeah, who's sort of a yeah, kind of a who's the it's the same actress that plays Mildred in in and and she's in both. Yeah, her name her name is Melinda Stone, I believe. But um, that performance as Mabel in the VHS movie, which is sort of like a very Gollum inspired, is yes, (laughs) I I thought was one of the funniest things of the year in in any movie. Okay, (laughs) I I didn't even make it to the end of that. 99 so now i gotta go back and watch that final no, the, clip. the last one the last one is solid the other ones aren't so much it's it's a it's a weak entry when did you leave i'm curious when you left 99 because i i i have a, i have an idea of when um, you, you know when you left it. it was after the you know they kidnapped the guy and made him run the whole thing the game show one, just, right yeah the game show the, yeah. it's just it, it took i feel like it took like three hours and i know it didn't because it's a short but I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little bit break. I was like, I'll come back to this, and then I just got busy, and I never got back to it. That, but that, I just that, wasn't too impressed. That's the one that was bugging me for a long time, and because you're right, it is, it's, it's not well paced. But it like, 
towards the end, it kind of won me back a bit. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, it ended well. I really hate the middle of this, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, they the were last, committed. They were, but the the last VHS. So yeah, I do agree. It's very, it's very fun. Um, uh, I do have one, not moment, but an actual film runner up, which is uh, Feed Me, uh, which was at Beyond Fest. It's a it's a cannibal comedy from the UK. Um, it's it's one of the most outrageous and bonkers movies I saw at that festival. It's really it's directed by two guys who give you the impression, the sustained impression, they can't believe they're getting away with doing this with someone else's money. <laughs> um, it's very gonzo and very um, delighted by its own weirdness. So if you haven't seen that, that one, check it out. It's it's crazy and very funny. Feed me. Chris, I didn't because I saw like almost every Screamfest movie except that one, apparently. <laughs> I'm trying to think why I didn't see that one. Um, uh, the menu has some choice bits that are very funny. Um, that's that's what was also on my mind. Is it bad that I laughed really hard at the end of Hall's monologue when the intern's reaction to her monologue? Is this a, like, oh my god! Is this a is this a uh, is this a yeah, test or a I joke? <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, oh my gosh! There was this. A, yeah, that's that was one of the bigger laughs I've had this year too. Because. Well, I, I, I like that both that and Pearl have the, you know, they have these big monologues and it's like, well, they're, they are speaking to somebody. What's the, what's the reaction supposed to be at this point after sitting for like 10 minutes waiting for the story to end and they're both in the most awkward possible responses you can. It's like, well, I guess it's time to go. Um... Well, I, I just, yeah, put a huge smile on my face. It was a devious little moment and I dig it. All right. Next up, best horror villain. Mark, who is your choice for best horror villain? Uh, so when I was watching Bones and All, when Mark Rylance first popped up, I was like, man, he's just being really Mark Rylance here. But I got to tell you, since I saw that a few months ago, it's just been on my mind. And I was reading about the performance and someone called him kind of uh, perverse perfection. And just thinking about that hair, that he has the braid of hair matted together, mm -hmm. just thinking about his scenes. And you know, I, I learned that he went shopping for pin badges that he made his costume and it just the way that he talks and the way that he tracks and the final scene with the way that he attacks. I thought I was the only one. Are there lots of us? Not lots, but more, more than you'd think. You've met a few, sure, that you know of. You never had anyone take an interest in you? A double, 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 double take. <laughs> just always thought. You just thought some people are creepy. It's better if we all steer clear of one another. We're dangerous to non-eaters, but we can hurt one another just as bad. I hope you're hearing me on this. But just watching him, like standing around his underwear, eating on a an elderly woman with this braid of hair, just showing it to people. And it's like not overly creepy, but he's clearly lost his mind. And it's just a very layered performance that just has really gotten under my skin. It's it's probably been one of the performances that I've really just, I don't know, it's it's been like, it's I forget about most, you watch so, we watch so much content, it's so easy to forget. But Rylance's performance and Bones and all has just, it's there, It's it's like, it's, he's right next to me with his hair braid. So when I came up with this horror villain, I'm like, I got to do this because this is the probably the one that got under my skin the most. Probably is Sully. So from Bones and All, Mark Rylance. Mike, how about you? 
Yeah, I actually had uh, Sully mark rounds as well. And, and I'll note, I'll second everything you're saying, but also note that there's something really eerie about the way he keeps referring to himself in the third person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, good choice. Yeah. So, okay. So if, if we're, if uh, Mark's taking uh, Sully, then I'll do uh, Tim Roth in Resurrection. Yeah. In Resurrection. Great choice. And so I, I guess it's a tie between Tim Roth and his extended belly. Um, <laughs> and then, but yeah, I think um, that, uh, Sully and Tim Roth should maybe, they can have a, have their own film where they have a creep off. Oh, <laughs> Roth has been putting in some fun work lately too. He it's has. Fun. it's yeah, cool to watch up, like or... Loose and Bergman Island and She-Hulk, like Resurrection. He's been, he's going full character actor and I love it. I agree. But yeah. They went uh, for it in that hotel room, guys, <laughs> or whatever room they were at. <laughs> I, uh, those are great picks. So those are on my list, of course. And I, I figured one, at least one of them would probably come up. Um, and I've, Plenty more out to offer here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with Art the Clown uh, from Terrifier Two, um, and the and the little pale girl that's now teamed up with him. Uh, my man Art, he's a he is a scoundrel. He is a scoundrel. It's yeah, he's a rascal. It is a it's the fact that like he's so like the joy he gets um, from like basically you know tor basically tormenting his people even before he does anything violent like the stuff he's doing like in, in terrifier 2 specifically in the like the halloween store when he's just like mm. being a dick like <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing anything particularly violent he's just like yeah he's just playing with like the different glasses on the on the case while while she's waiting at the register and it's just like and you you know he's bad so it's like where's this gonna go like what is, it is just so much build up before anything actually happens um but it's just, I, I really like what the actor brings as far as like his mime skills to the role of art, since he's a silent character, and the way, anytime he you know actually does something horrible and then points and laughs at that fact, or when he sees people not taking the things he's doing well, and then he points and laughs at them about it. Like there's just something so sinister about that. You know, watching the first Terrifier fairly recently, then seeing two is like. The first one, it's like an okay movie, and, uh, but like I really liked what they did with this horror, this new character that I just hadn't seen before. And so two, which is I think is a better movie, it just it takes him even further. I I I, I like that there's this this new horror threat out there that's going to be presumably in more terrifier films, but uh, and his whole look, oh. I just like his look, like this this clown design they've made up for him as far as like the little hat and the cap. He's like there's just all this stuff there. But uh, no, I I I enjoy what Art the Clown was. I mean, he like blows a person's face off, and then like he puts them to sit at the dinner table, and like he serves the food and the mashed potatoes, shoves mashed potatoes into the hole in their face. And it's like, yeah, oh it's so God. it's so unnecessary and mean. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not sleeping tonight. We're talking about some stuff. Art got, gets under your skin. He oh. does literally. He takes knives and things and puts them under your skin. Um, <sighs> I have runner ups. Um, you know, Michael Myers, of course, came back. Um, the mother in Barbarian, um, Jean Jacket in Nope, the Grabber in uh, Black Phone, Ghostface made a return as well. Uh, the husband and wife in Speak No Evil, and um, oh. <laughs> the teddy bear. I, I don't know if any of you saw uh, Run Sweetheart Run, but Pilu, like the movie's fine, but the 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 main villain played by Pilu Abspec, like that very tall man. Um, he, he, I think he's quite effective in that. You guys have a runner-ups horror villain. I'm just thinking about art now. Jeez Louise, 
my two are uh, actually you mentioned Jean Jacket, but I'm going to throw in Gordy the Chimp. Fair, uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> oh. a, you know, apes apes are dangerous, man. But also, uh, Rory Kinnear in Men. Oh good yeah. He all, trusts all the Rory Kinnears in Men. Yeah. yeah. He he really trusts Alex Garland <laughs> in that movie. He put his absolute faith in him for that film. He put Just, it all in it. A lot of birth, a lot a lot of birthing this year. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And also to the the creature from Smile. I mean, that was such a blockbuster film. Just the whole concept of it, and at the end, I mean, got to give it points. Looks I like did, the mother from Barbarian. I I did appreciate the look. Like I'm not big on the movie, but I did like the look of the like when you actually see a thing in there. Like okay, I'm into this. Like, yeah, <laughs> like what that is. All right. Well, speaking of uh, crazy designs or whatnot, our next category is best makeup or visual effects. Mark. What do you have here for best makeup or visual effects? I hate talking about this. I tried to avoid it. I, I was like, I'm gonna go to the sadness. I'm gonna go hatching, but I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pick Terrifier too with Allie on the bed because she's scalped mm-hmm. with bandage scissors, disemboweled, impaled, ripped apart limb from limb, then doused in acid and salt, and then like, and and then they like built this set for this. They had a whole body dummy that was sitting on a bed. And then they had animatronics and then they had people under the bed moving her. They had a, like a, a little bag that could make it seem like she was breathing. The director, uh, what, Damien Leone, who, who's a huge fan of The Fly, of and course. And he's the background of uh, visual effects it, and makeup stuff. So. Yeah, and just really excellent. And like, the, like gosh. I, I, <laughs> you know when you really, you can appreciate a movie, but you just, yeah, it's just ter- terrifier too. Uh, on the bed, the salt. It's just it's when a he lot. comes that in with the salt and he's like he's like aha <laughs> he's so like ha- he's so happy to bring it and present it to her <laughs> he's gonna do oh. it's not it's not acid though is it I thought it was like vinegar or bleach or something it's like because I thought salt and vinegar was part of the joke yeah it's like salt and vinegar yeah it's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but just oh yeah like salt and vinegar but just it's just a you're stick. just and then the mom yeah. comes in and the she's still. Uh, you know, like they they went all in on that, and that doesn't even further momentum of the movie. It's more of just mean, 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 and well, they did great. It's very very effective. I get it. I just it's it's the most gratuitous and most mean spirited thing you're going to see since well, Terrifier one, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like even Martyrs goes to deep deep torture but at the end they're like oh it's transcendent you know so like i saw the devil goes to some dark places but then you're like is it worth it but then there's terrifier that's well, just like yeah, but, yeah gonna, both I'm... of those both of those movies you cite are they're very gory and violent but they're also very deeply and thematically concerned with questions about morality and yeah, the yeah. sort of philosophy of violence terrifier is just uh <laughs> just trolling its audience right yeah so. so it's i get it and it's very successful trolling but yeah, like I was like I could watch I saw the devil three times uh, happily as opposed to Terrifier 2. But that scene I had to include because ugh, I got goosebumps. It's going to be a rough night sleeping. Well, Mike, what do you have here for uh, your best makeup or visual effects? Uh, Crimes of the Future. Oh, it's on my uh, list. I love yeah, I love a fleshy meat chair. Uh, <laughs> That I just thought that was really cool. It's also nice in an era of CGI to see Cronenberg still leaning on these sort of practical effects, right? So uh, I never, I didn't really look, uh, I didn't do any research into the mechanics of it, but as an aesthetic and as a world building uh, uh, element in the film, I just, yeah, couldn't get enough. I wanted more meat, I wanted more meat chair. 
of yeah, all the things, of all the things happening in that movie, which you know involves live surgeries, the chair made me so uncomfortable every time because I could, I could. That's that's how good Cronenberg and Vigo are together, where they can make this thing work. As far as we're supposed to be understanding that he's constantly uncomfortable, and it's like, how do we visualize that? What if we have this chair they just can't sit comfortably in for the duration of the movie? I felt so bad the whole time, every time they got to this chair, as it's like grinding away and trying to like, oh my God. Yeah. A lot of one. (laughs) I'd Um, name it too. I certainly had my pick of things, as as you do when it comes to this genre, but um, hatching. Um, I really like the design of the mm. bird thing in hatching, like when it initially hatches, essentially, when it's it's still in its earlier form. Um, I thought I, I one thing, it looks like it's constantly in pain, just the way it is, and it's like this weird hybrid creature, and like the lack of skin and and like bone seems exposed, but it's not it's it's just weird. But as an like an animatronic, it's just so like you know when you can when it feels so visceral it's like that's something that's that, that's working for me like much like that terrifier 2 scene is very like there's just it's operating on a certain kind of level and even as a thing that's supposed to ideally be bonding with its main character i i just found there's so, there's so much <laughs> there <laughs> there when it comes to this bird creature thing that they constructed for this movie when she puts her head on it i was worried for the girl yeah. <laughs> get away get, get away from it and even as it evolves, the teeth work on the side of the head. Like, yeah, this yeah, really yeah. excellent, like, special. Like, the work there was, the makeup works like, wonderful. Like, mm-hmm. the prosthesis, like, looks great. I was disappointed by what I thought would be my pick for best makeup, but isn't, which is Hellraiser. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the, the, the Cenobites just needed to be a knockout, but they looked like Power Rangers, and I, I was really bummed by that. But as far as runner-ups, like, the, the split open hand and men... I thought was yeah that was grim and fun. Um, there's also I don't know if you saw like a smaller film called Slashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it takes place up way up in the Arctic Circle, and it's about this. It, it's it's very uh, Attack the Block, but with girls yeah. up in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, and there's a there's a specific effect. It's it's kind of low budget, and so the effects aren't aren't great consistently. But there's one effect in which one of these alien creatures who's mimicking a human being, uh, their face opens up and there's like this tentacled creature right directly underneath that's all sort of flesh and teeth. And it's, it's very cool and very creepy and effective. So uh, you'll, you'll know if you, if you find the film and check it out, you'll know exactly the moment. Yeah, it's on, it's on Shutter once again. Yeah. Shutter coming in handy. And you won't be alone too. That has some good gut work. You won't be. Yes, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah solid, solid gut work in that movie for sure um x for pearl yeah uh old pearl um just because going into it i don't think anyone that's going in fairly blind is aware that mia goth is going to be playing two roles so uh, and even throughout the movie i can see piecing that together but it's like hmm this is uh this is really well done uh, as far as uh making this person look entirely like another person that's way older and creepy um yeah yeah oh, that's legit right there Good pitch for it work. <laughs> um, next up here, we have a uh, best kill. We're at our best kill category. Marco, I'm curious what you have that's topping the, the Terrifier 2 scene. Uh, well, all right, so this is one that just gave me the most joy of okay, the fair year. Enough. That just made me want to get up and just run around the theater, pick up a couple people and just, you know, sprint up and down the aisles. 
And it's a scene where this guy, Andre, he is, um, he's a character in Barbarian. And he's like, I've been living here in this place for 15 years. And she ain't never came in this mother blank. And then mother rips through and just rips the dude's Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid's man's through, rips the dude's arm off and just beats him to death with it. And I, I just love that Craiger sort of came up with that that arm gag because they were originally just going to rip off the arm. But Craiger on the day was like, hey, let's just beat him to death with the arm. And the actor who was who was playing it, he's like, yeah, it was like a last minute change. And I had to go talk to the uh, prosthetics guys. He's like, yeah, they're all kind of freaks anyway, which makes me laugh because you work with like a lot of the special effects guys and they're all characters for sure. Like from when I've met them. And so he's like, yeah, like I got measured and I'm like, this isn't going to work. And so the guy was he had no idea he was going to get beaten to death with his he knew his arm was going to get ripped off, but he wasn't going to get beat to death with death with it on the day. But it's just the laugh. I was I can't think of the last time I've laughed watching a man get his arm ripped off and beat to death with it. Uh, actually, they do that in Project Wolf Hunting, but it's not as funny. That's uh, another movie that's incredibly bloody. But yeah, Barbarian, I just, it made me so happy. And I don't, I don't care if I sound basic talking about this. And I was thinking about that. I was like, everyone talks about Barbarian, but I just can't, I can't not give the moment that just made me incredibly happy an award. So my best kill is when Andre just gets beaten <laughs> by, by mother. That's my favorite. I'm right here, we're safe. And she's gonna make it through the night. Come morning time, then we can worry about taking her to town. How do you know she can't get in here? Shit, I've been living in this place more than 15 years, and she ain't never came in this motherfucker. All right, Mike, what do you got? <clears throat> uh, well, I just wanna point out that, you know, since we mentioned the kill, the bedroom kill in Terrifier 2, I, I hasten to point out, technically that's not a kill because she's alive when we leave her. Yeah. Oh. Okay, oh. great. Well, just, I'll, I'll, just, say, comes... no, just saying, Aaron, Aaron, you're going to eat your words if she returns as a disfigured character in Terrifier 3. I didn't, pick, I didn't give her the award, so I mean... This... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking about that again. Oh, I had gotten out of my brain. Uh... Mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, my... There's a lot to choose from, but the one that I enjoyed, although this may be a cheat, it's more of a thriller, but the movie No Exit. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. There's a character who takes a nail gun shot right in the forehead mm -hmm. and then is so disoriented by that, he trips and smashes his head and lands on the nail. <laughs> and so you mentioned like a Three Stooges uh, gag earlier, and I think that was the one that was the right combination of gruesome, violent, and just funny. So I'm gonna go with that one. That's a fun pick. That's a, I did you like that movie? I thought it was all right. Yeah, like it, it what popped up yeah, on Hulu, it, right? It did Over its the, job. during the summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, it did its job. I agree. I think it it, it was a competent enough kind of. I judge it on a how many how, how much do I like this compared to like identity because I like identity quite a bit, which is a silly movie, but I like it a lot. And it's like how 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 well does this fare against something like identity, which is like a throwaway but still brilliant, entertaining movie with, good, with a great cast. And no eggs. It's a pretty, pretty solid one of those as far as like people all locked up in a thing. As a ten little Indians type narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, well, I mean, they had to. Have, they had to have written. Like, I know obviously every movie's written, but I like when there's some, like, all right, catches a nail in the head and then falls and then gets the nail further in the head. Like that's that's the kind of I like the building of it. I like the not silliness of it, but it's just a good gag, and I, I always love a good gag. So yeah, no, that was good. My my best skill. Is probably from the worst movie I have on this list. The movie I don't hate, but just not very good. 
It's from the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. the, the very end of that movie, once again, you're in a situation where it's like, oh, we got rid of Leatherface. We're fine, and we're driving out of here. So the the two <laughs> the two the two ladies are in the like they're in a car that has a that has a sunroof on it, uh, and it's I. I forget it's like a it's like an auto drive mode or whatever. So they're just kind of like chilling in the back after all this terrible shit's happened. And as as they're like seemingly getting out of town finally, Leatherface emerges and like dives his arm into the sun into the sunroof, pulls out one of the women and chainsaws her head off, up to like the surprise of Elsie Fisher's character, who's like, Oh my god, it's crazy, and it's like blood everywhere. And then Leatherface, of course, is just holding the head and dancing in the street in yeah. celebration of his kill as, as the as the car because the car's an auto drive, so the car's just like slowly crawling away while she's still reacting to this terrible thing that happened and Leatherface is just doing his thing it's a movie where um i there's a lot of unintentional humor going on throughout that film that's it has it has its moments but it's certainly not very good uh but the the kind of even as something that feels telegraphed as a kill where it's like surely there will be one more shock scare before the end of this thing i i admire the fact that leatherface utilized a good sunroof for a clean head ripoff with his chainsaw um, and then, of course, engaged in dance, which he tends to do. Uh, that uh, that amused me quite a bit in the realm of, of well, good kills. I think what works great about that kill is that it's an unbroken shot, and yeah. the yeah, focal yeah. point of the shot, the focal point of the shot, is the unchanging expression of the victim. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I recall correctly, yeah, I believe. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good. Yeah, there's a lot of good kills in that movie. Uh, the movie is otherwise pretty terrible, but yeah, but it, it makes good it, use yeah, of. Well, generous. he has a chainsaw. Like... <laughs> yeah. For, for like... me the standout scene was on the bus oh gosh because it's the one that's kind of morbidly funny because he's chainsawing through all these influencers yeah if we low hanging the funny yeah. scene if there was like a mass murder scene or something i'd probably like think about that more but i was thinking of individual kills just something about the just the use of a sunroof just feels really <laughs> clever to me as far as that kind of thing goes I want to find the people who manufactured that chainsaw and hire them. Like if I had a chainsaw business, because that chainsaw goes through everything. It was steel, wood, people, spines. Like it's, it's, it's like Thor's hammer, but a chainsaw. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. This is like, he never, like, it's like, who oils this? Who sharpens the blades? Like what? It's a, it's like, it's a wonderful chainsaw for sure. Mandy. Oh, wait, no. Red from Mandy would be jealous. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as some other kills go um well speaking of chainsaws can i just jump on the there's yeah, a great yeah. chainsaw kill in studio 666 yes there is from under the bed if i recall right yeah yep <laughs> certainly there certainly is <laughs> no my two cents um other kills uh when the when the predator fights the bear in prey i, I enjoyed <laughs> i enjoyed that one i enjoyed mm. the perspective <sighs> but there's a lot of this the the blood just pours on the predator's face. Just oh, who's invisible, so it looks neat. Like yeah. <laughs> enjoyed all that, and I guess this gets this calls into like a mass kill scene. But when when Jean Jacket sucks up all the people with Nope, um, and you just get that quick view of all of them sliding and being absorbed or whatever mm. feed being fed on uh, by old Jean Jacket, it's uh, pretty gruesome. Mark, do you have any other? I don't uh, think. I mean, shark bait features a lady killing a shark with a jet ski. 
But so that's pretty yeah, good. That's that's if we had best okay. hero moment, I know you'd have that on your list right there. <laughs> I'm all about that. Uh, but let's see. I mean, I, I do like in Prey when uh, I, I like the stylistic part when he's fighting the French fur traders and he flips up the trap in the air and just slash smashes the dude's head. Like I love that that kill right there. It gave the the Yaucha some personality, so I like that a lot. It was just fun to kind of see the Yaucha have some fun and also oh the alligator. The alligator in X. I love a good alligator attack. Crawl's like one of my favorite movies. So yeah, I'll, I'll do that one too. Yeah, that works. It <laughs> check off's alligator. You know, he has to do something at that point. That's right. All right. What a, bummer that, what, a, what a bummer that we had a Halloween movie. And it, uh, to my mind, it didn't have any good kills. It has one with a DJ that is kind of amusing, but... Just not only is the new Halloween movie garbage, but it, it doesn't even deliver kills. That because they're all audience here. Yeah. It's, the, it's the best of the three, in my eyes, of those of those three. That's a good kitchen fight. That's a good kitchen fight. Also, that kid at the beginning that dies, that's a good kill. <laughs> even though it's not a kill as much as it's a, oh, he fell. <laughs> and it's uh, really brutal. Best accident? Yeah. Best accident. <laughs> best accidental death. That's yeah. a new category next year. Best accidental death. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, let's move on. Bodies, let's to, bodies, bodies. Let's get to scary. Let's get to scariest scene. Um, Mark, what do you have for your scariest scene? Uh, oh, I got to go with the sadness. Uh, I got to go where the businessman. He is walking through the halls and he sees Molly. She has an eye patch. He rips the eye patch. Wait, yeah, he rips the eye patch off of her and um, and just you know you got what the director, what Rob Jabaz is a is a Canadian guy who goes over to Taiwan, makes a Taiwanese body horror film that apparently was met with wildly mixed reactions when they screened it over there, according to the actor who played the the businessman, and just reading about this and how he, he said he, like the guy who the actor I, I tried to find his name to listen to I tried to if I I don't want to butcher any names so I tried to find interviews where I could actually hear his name but it's what Zhao Chang Wang. He said that he didn't want to rehearse it, so he just jumped up there, and his actions were like impromptu. And, and the the poor actors who was in the wheelchair playing Molly, she started crying, and just the whole. I'm just like this movie. I was like this movie. It's here. It's like here. It's this is doing it. Like this is, uh, and it, it really it goes on for a long time too, and it's very feral and bloody, and it reminded me of like. Anybody who wants an event horizon director's cut, just watch this movie. Yeah. Like, just watch yeah, it. Like, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, that yeah. Is my exact reaction to that film. It's as if they took the entire nation of Taiwan and made it the, the event horizon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but that, it's, they it felt, went there. It, it, I, I've, I've thought of it as uh, it's like George Romero's The Crazies, as if it was distributed by Tartan Asian Extreme. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the movie it is. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that remake, by the way. Timmy Ollie for the win. Timmy Ollie. Uh, I mean, I just, and, and Rhonda Mitchell, man. She's an underappreciated horror star. I dig her. But it's, like, just, but the, the noises and just the screaming and just the idea of it. They, it's, like, if they would have shown it, might have, I think, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's another one of those. My, my soul is shrinking. But yeah, that's my, that's my that's my scene right there. Mike, how about you? Oh, well, just real quick for Mark, if you like Rhonda Mitchell and you also like alligators, then Rogue, I'm sure you've seen. Cro I own Crocodile, it. Rather. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's a great one. Oh, great. Uh, I, I also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also just realized I 
called Taiwan a nation. So if you have yeah. any Chinese listeners, Aaron, who want to send any death threats, uh, please send them to Aaron's PS4. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll get John Cena to record an apology. Yeah. <laughs> um, so scariest moment, I, I interpreted this as a jump scare. And honestly, there's only one that I remember really making me jump. And you know that feeling when you know it's coming, but it manages to make you jump anyway, and you get mad that it manages to, that, that it got you. Right? Yeah, that's fair. And so my one, yeah, my one this past year came from a festival film called uh, Huesera which is from Mexico. I don't know if you gents saw this one. I have not. It's, no. it's great. Um, I won't spoil it, but the, the jump scare in question involves someone being grabbed suddenly by the foot from under a bed. Uh, it's a very, very effective and neatly constructed jump scare. So apologies that uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, but that's one to look for if you get around to it. What was it called again? It's called Huesera. So H-U-E-S-E-R-A Got it. from Mexico. So yeah, the US title has a colon subtitle the bone woman good title Ernest scared stupid has like wrecked me for bed scares so i i have a that's gonna be tough to watch again that's, that's a that's a soft spot yeah <laughs> leave the, yeah leave the light on um i was i was nine when i watched that movie y'all and it tore me up i'm just saying that troll is evil no pattern modifies voice you're not safe in public It'll, if it misses someone, it'll grab someone else. No pattern. Deadly. Horrifying. That's when my scotch habit started at nine. At nine. <laughs> my, uh, Sorry, Aaron. You're right. You're fine. My, my, my scare uh, comes from Barbarian um, when she first descends into the basement, mainly because it's just a lot of buildup to like this, these stairs keep going down and you know, younger Skarsgård's not responding anymore. And I don't know what I'm like. It's similar to you as far as like, yes, obviously something scary is about to happen. There's something that's going to pop out of me, but I don't, you know, this movie's done such a good job of throwing me through a like, I know there's horror here, but what's that horror going to be? So it's like, what is, what's going to pop out of the darkness at me? Um, and something does, and it's quite effective, I think, in terms of the, the fun that I'm having with that movie, knowing what it's doing and it knowing what it's doing to the audience. And then it's like, and here we are. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is what we're getting. And the action that's taking place uh, once something finally does happen, uh, that 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 worked for me as far as, you know, I'm I'm on my guard and yet I know like I'm anticipating some kind of scare. It worked for me uh, quite well. So that's that's my scariest scene. I didn't sleep. I, I laid in bed that <laughs> night for several hours just laying there. I didn't sleep. I was like, mother's going to get me. She's going to rip my arm off. I'm dead. This is it. In my suburban home, I'm dead. I don't even have a basement. I'm moving to Florida. That's what I said after watching Barbarian. <laughs> oh, they have crocodiles in Florida, though. Yeah, I like alligators. I'm cool with them. Like, yeah, pythons, alligators, alligators lasers. Yeah, no, they're all good. Speaking of... <laughs> The alligator scene in X, um, the kind of the, <sighs> the introduction of it. I think that's just a good bit of tension right there. Um, the overhead shot. The overhead shot. Yeah, there's. I think that's just good work as far as establishing this thing and making it feel suspenseful. Uh, the final car ride in uh, Speak No Evil, because <sighs> I didn't know where uh -huh. it was going exactly, and, and um, it it has results. It, it rocked. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that's a bad. <laughs> Is, is Mark stoned? <laughs> <laughs> and the um, and in Nope, um, when the um, 
when the kid, when oh. the kids are pranking him with the alien stuff, and you, so you see little aliens come out, and it's like, is this what we're dealing uh-huh. with? But it's still like it's still shot really well. It's shot to be scary enough. And even Daniel Kalee is like, he, he just <laughs> names checks the title. He's like, nope. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> He's like, I'm not filming this. I'm getting out of here. Never mind. <laughs> Leave it. And the fact that like more keep emerging, like that's fun. I think that's just good fun horror stuff, right there. Any other runner ups? <sighs> now you got me thinking about visiting people in Holland. I don't. I don't want to do that anymore. Not like you used My, to. The, the nope scene that the nope scene that unnerved me the most was the uh, was Gordy the Chimp. <laughs> to be yeah. to be honest, yeah. That's fair, and that's that's a great use of sound design. I think in that sequence, like the whole movie, I think is great use of sound design. But that the sound in that Gordy scene, I think, really helps with the, the way he's stumping around and what have you. I did enjoy the 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 sort of sort of joy how or not what's the word like fun house sensibilities the smile too just a little jump scare factory like I I kind of let myself get sucked into it a little bit and just enjoy the jumps if that makes sense like Insidious yeah. too like I, I felt like I was it's like a jump scare factory so I kind of embraced the smile jump that, scare too. that's fair I, I talked about this on our smile episode I'm convinced that like I don't think I necessarily would like the film necessarily more but I said necessarily twice uh, but the the sound was like unusually low in my theater, which I think robbed the movie of some of what it was doing as far as just being, like you're saying, kind of a funhouse jump scare movie. I still think I have issues with the movie outside of that, but I do think I missed out on getting a better experience because the sound was like too, I feel like it was lower than it could have been. Like I feel like it was like the theater was just not operating best to present that movie when I saw it. But, uh, because it does feel like a movie that's constantly trying to trip it. Like the way I've heard it talked about, it's like, I did not have this experience watching Smile. <laughs> like I know there's bits here and stuff, but it's like, I feel like it, I missed some of this as far as like whispers and what have you that I just didn't hear at all. Yeah, that'll hurt the jump scare. All right, well, let's move on now. Let's get to our next special award. Mark, what's your, what's your next special award on the list here? All right, so the best kitchen fight in a horror film. <laughs> uh-huh. It doesn't go to Halloween ends. It doesn't go to fresh. It goes to Day Shift, directed by <laughs> stunt coordinator extraordinaire J.J. Perry. You're talking uh-huh. Mike's language uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, who, you know, I'm a Scott Adkins acolyte. And watching Scott Adkins spin kick a vampire who's standing on an island in like a den brawl while, you know, <sighs> Jamie Foxx is wiping people out. And that big dude from the Reba McIntyre show is, is wiping people out. But just watching Scott Atkins battle vampires is in the kitchen. Like that's that's my happy place. Like that's like uh, 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 I don't know what in Fight Club or something. Is there like a penguin? Like you go to where your yeah. happy place is. Like that's yeah. my happy Slide. place. A kitchen fight. Yeah, it's like a kitchen. Atkins vampires kitchen fight. <laughs> that's mine. With that spin kick. Oh my gosh, that's it. That's it right there. Best kitchen fight goes to Day Shift. A wonderful that is, movie. That is a movie I quite I enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with. But yes, that whole sustained apart like um, house sequence, I think, is the highlight of that film easily. It's just it's a lot of fun going on throughout there. Man, JJ Perry, Scott Atkins together. Come on now. Beautiful. Best kitchen fight right there. Mike? Uh, you're welcome to cut this out of the pod. But uh, funny you mentioned it because I was just on the phone with JJ uh, Perry today. <laughs> oh. Who's a friend of mine. Yeah. I absolutely second um, how how excellent he is, both as a as a stunt man, but also he's a wonderful, wonderful, warm, funny guy. Um, I'm sure you'll be happy to know. 
Oh, I, I, I have a podcast I, I sometimes do called Final Fights. So I've watched a lot of oh. the Final Fights in his movies. And uh, I always like reading about how he sets up his fights and talking about Haywire. And, uh, you know, I, I love the craft of, of the Final Fights. Mike, what do you got? Uh, now we know uh, Mark's nerve center, how to tickle it. <laughs> <laughs> oddly specific, but yeah. That's, that's where I get my money, oddly specific things. Like that's, that's what I key in on. Um, all right. My, so the second award, I'm calling it the best COVID film award, which I'm dividing into two categories. So the first category is films that were made with the very bare bones cast and crew and micro budget um, owing to COVID. And I'm going to give that to Glorious. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bathroom. 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 So full disclosure, those filmmakers are friends of mine, and so I want to shout that out whenever I get a chance. Um, But really, the the category subcategory here I'm more interested in is films that incorporate COVID and COVID related themes into the actual story. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if this counts because it's a festival film um, from back in October, but it just actually came out last week, I believe, and it's called Sick. Yeah. It's Sick. Um, I think Sick is so much fun. Um, yeah. I had a lot of fun with Excellent it. Excellent sort of, yeah, lean, lean, mean, 90-minute genre film. Uh, great setup and great execution. Just, yeah, very, very solid. If that's better slotted into next year, because that's a 2023 movie, in your opinion, Aaron, then I'd, I would actually replace that with another very effective, uh, much smaller COVID horror film called uh, The Harbinger. Um, which I, I thought was very, one. very good. I didn't see that one. I yeah, and I should, I should note there. Are, I should note there are two films last year called Harbinger, um, but it's the one about COVID. So, okay. in case you need clarification, I'm glad Harbinger is a, a uh, familiar term to use at that point. And I know I jumped in there saying bathroom, bathroom, because I'm also a big fan of bathroom fights in movies as well. So then, kitchen fights, bathroom fights. Then my brain went there. But yeah, I love a good God in a, ba- in a bathroom. Wait, God in a bathroom movie. I didn't even know that the voice was going to who J.K. Simmons does J.K. Voice? Simmons, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that was going to happen because I, I was like, this movie looks fun. I'm like, J.K. Simmons is a bathroom god? Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's my, it's my a next, cabin in the woods, but in a bathroom. My, ne- <laughs> my next award is the, uh, the National Lampoon's European Vacation Award for Worst Family Trip. And that very much goes to Speak No Evil. Um <laughs> <laughs> I oh. I, uh, I do find that movie quite terrifying as far as um the kind of the frustration you get knowing that there are choices that could be made that could be solved um were they to do one thing and not the other um things like yes leaving a stuffed animal behind and it's like if you just didn't do a thing then <laughs> you'd probably be okay um I also like how that movie is also very funny, like for its first yeah. half. Uh, so it really disarms you. I think by the time it gets to like where it's like, I'm watching this on shutter. So I know something's going to happen. that's going to be worse than what we're at right now. But at the time right now, it just feels like a really awkward uh, get together between people. Um, but yeah, it gets to some, uh, some heavy lengths um, that it takes. And uh, yeah, it doesn't, uh, it, it's a little worse than the, what the Griswolds had to go through uh, when they went to Europe and saw a uh, big Ben parliament. All right. It's like a comedy about manners in the beginning, just sort of how people mm-hmm. do that. And then, yeah. And then it yeah. takes its turns. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. I like this category. Best horror moment in a non horror movie. Mark, I want to know what's your best horror moment in a non horror movie. So this leans more into body horror, but there's a scene in ambulance. When oh, just oh, okay. <laughs> digging into the guts of a dude. 
and and just using hair clips and you you're just you're just i'm like i'm like michael bay went like cronenberg body horror i think he's waking up i think he's waking up oh yeah yeah he is fully awake oh hold him down i'm in his gut yeah yeah i think he knows ah! stop he's away this is insane. This is stop him, Will. Trying to save you. No. Stop. Stop. We are trying to save you. Go to sleep. What are you doing? I, I let you back there for like five minutes and now you're punching the cop. That worked. In here, you got Aza Gonzalez. Uh, what uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen, like just in there, really in, in there, guts. like there's in, an arm in, in there, <laughs> in the guts, just digging in the guts. You got doctors yelling at him, she's doing her best, they clip it. But it's, I was like, in the middle of this movie, and I get why they did it. You got to, you know, it's during the pandemic, you, you, you keep it small. I shot this thing in 35 days, which blows my mind. So he just, <laughs> just, I was just in the theater, just big smile on my face. I'm like, this is body horror in a, in a Michael Bay movie. There's digging in guts. So that's my, that's my best horror moment in a non-horror movie. And I went body horror, but I mean, there's some gut digging. It's a, it's a good, I, I was surprised how far we were going. I was watching ambulance. Like, oh, we're doing this. This is <laughs> digging deep in here. Uh, Mike, what do you have here? So my main here goes to, uh, there are long stretches of a Romanian film called Intregalde. Not sure if that's the correct pronunciation. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's, it's not a horror film in any way, but it feels like one all the way through. It's about a few charity workers who get stuck in the woods overnight. And, and I'm avoiding spoilers, but the tension is so continuous. You swear at any moment, something awful is going to leap out or happen at any, any, any second. And that it's going to just morph from this sort of weird drama into a, a full blown horror film. And it just, it never, ever happens. And so even though I think this movie is clearly classified more as a drama, um, this is a director who I think his name is Radu Muntin. Um, he's a director who would be very successful at horror and just anything in which he has to just ratchet up and sustain tension if he wanted to uh, in his career. So check that one out. It's, it's, it's very good. Okay. I need a list from you because I'm going to forget most of these. So maybe later on, if you're bored mm -hmm. and you remember, <laughs> send me a list. Um, I had a few to go with here, um, but I, I'm, I'm going with Tar. Um, the scene where she's jogging and there's screaming in the woods taking place. Ugh. Just, just hmm. unnerving screaming. And she just hears it and she kind of searches for it, but she can't find the source of it. Um, it, it it's, it's the, there are already hints of not necessarily something supernatural, but just like there's something haunting in Tar. Like in addition to being a, you know, a, a solid drama and doing all the other things that it's doing, there's this kind of, minor horror element i feel like that's kind of lurking in the background of tar and it emerges every now and then when whether she's hearing sounds when she's sleeping or i know there's been screenshots online of a particular possible person maybe ghost thing that's kind of in the background sometimes and it's like this is this is neat that there's this other layer to this whole movie but yeah they're watching that for the first time and just the way the sound is so the sound design is so effective in that film just hearing like screaming emerging from like as she's doing her you know her morning jog it's like oh what's going on here and, and the fact that it's like an unresolved factor uh that's that's good stuff that's my my, my non-horror moment i was really happy to see phoenix's nina haas in tar yeah 
because I love Phoenix. And whenever I see Nina Haas on screen, like whenever I watched Homeland when she was in it for a season, I'm like, hey, that's Phoenix's yeah. Nina Haas. So I just want to let everyone know that Phoenix is an amazing movie, y'all. Watch it. It's not horror. It's just lovely. It's a good movie. Yeah. You have any other any runner-ups? My, my runner-up was, uh, and I had to think about this because I wasn't sure if I was remembering it correctly, but did you guys see Ted K yeah. with Charlton Copley? Yeah. Right? So there, there are some scenes in which he's kind of strolling through the forest um, and he encounters these giant industrial tractors. And the way they're shot and the way they're revealed and the accompanying sound design is to present them as these menacing monsters, which is what they represent to Ted Kaczynski, right? Because he, they symbolize the evils of industrial capitalism and, and what have you. But that sort of shock presentation of, of these beasts out in the wilderness was, uh, I thought was interesting and effective. Fair enough. Um, I have um, some other ones. Uh, Babylon, when the the entire Tobey <laughs> Maguire oh, going yeah. to hell sequence, um, or his Tuesday night. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, the Riddler in Batman, in the Batman, I do think Paul Dano is kind of the stuff where it's the right. most like Seven is very effective <laughs> when either the opening of the film or the um, when he's in the back when he, P- Peter Sarsgaard again when he's behind Peter Sarsgaard in the in the car. Um, I think that's just really good stuff um, as far as kind of getting a, a, a much more sinister angle of the Riddler. Uh, I keep forgetting that came out in 2022. That, that movie, maybe 2022 went by really slow, but that no, movie it, feels like it came it out a, a March, few years ago. It was a March movie, so yeah. It's, it's, it, was, Jeez, it, was a it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, <sighs> okay, next one. Best sequel or remake? Best horror sequel or remake? Mark, what do you have here? <sighs> Uh, you know what I'm doing? Uh, Halloween ends. For me, I'm a big Dave. I, you know, David Gordon Green, all the real girls, George Washington. You know, I, I grew up, I, I like those movies a lot. They had like a real interesting emotion to them. They had a different vibe. They had a real off kilter. Uh, they, they were just kind of left of center. And I really liked the way that he made those films. And so when, when Halloween came out in 2018, I know it had to be a reboot call to make that money. Halloween kills. It's like, Hey, mob justice is bad. Let's let Michael kill a ton of people. But this one kind of had this more like sensitive, different vibe to it. And I thought Rowan Campbell was really good. I thought Andy Matichek was really good. I also love the tunnel scene, the, the cinematography, when he goes into the tunnel and just starts wrestling with Michael Myers and then grabs the mask from him. Mm-hmm. I just love the framing of that shot and just the way it's built, the way it was, it's kind of, I understand why it, it wouldn't, start off the franchise and i know a lot of people want to get rid of it and reshoot it but for some reason it's kind of it, it sort of was what i wanted from david gordon green the whole time and I, I know that movies don't have to be what i want but i i don't have that entitlement but i still connected to its wavelength because it's felt more like early david gordon green and uh, i really do i really love that tunnel scene that wrestling match like that i didn't see it going like I, it was a genuine surprise in the third film of a kind of a wonky trilogy that is part of a bigger trilogy that has 40 timelines. So I think it took enough chances and I think it also has a kitchen fight, which, you know, I'm all about, like that's art that's a B plus right there immediately. So like under siege two B plus, uh, but yeah, so it's, I just used to rocks. I mean, that's the, that's yeah, a different story. Yeah. yeah. But yeah it's, nobody it's, beats it's, him in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody beats me. In. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, that, that's what it was. It just, it, it, I don't know. It was, I had very low expectations and it. I, I just found myself really engrossed in the experience. 
I, and I still think about that movie and I liked your episode about it as well for out now and Aaron Ape. So yeah, that's the, that's my favorite sequel. Well, unlike, unlike uh, Mike, Halloween Resurrection is the best one, Dylan. I, I liked um, Halloween ends uh, quite a bit. I, and for the same reason, as far as it did feel a lot like a David Gordon Green uh, film. I, I appreciate there's a good chunk of it that does feel like something out of all the real girls or yeah, mm-hmm. what's the Paul Rudd one? Um, <laughs> what's that, what's that oh, one oh, with Emil Hirsch? Yeah. And is they're clean. One? They're cleaning the road. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's gonna bug me i just it was on my mind uh but no yeah. i yeah I, I have a lot of similar appreciation but uh mike what's your choice sequel or remake of the year well well i will note that uh my my favorite halloween is halloween resurrection uh i will note that that movie does give us the definition of the difference between continually and continuously <laughs> There is a scene in which they pause to define that. So that, that there's that. And I do think that Busta Rhymes is underappreciated in that movie because in a lot of the fights in the in a lot of the final fights in the franchise, Michael it doesn't get put on the offensive much. Maybe Halloween H two O a little bit, but he goes on the offensive. Lori goes on the defensive. So, but Busta just hands it to him. Well, yeah. If the other resurrection, knew, if the others knew martial arts, then they might have. Yeah, Busta but, does. So therefore, he yeah. did. That's the, oh, yeah. that's the key, right? I mean, there. Scott Atkins had been in it. Yeah, yeah Scott oh, Atkins. Yeah, was, <laughs> three minute movie. Yeah, but it's yeah. I love. I, I mean, you know, Michael got to take it to him. Like, I love that. I mean, Prince Avalanche. Good, that's the David. And there's good laundry work in Resurrection too. Laundry is very important in the Halloween franchise. We're talking a lot about Halloween Resurrection. Resurrection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Mike, what do you have? What's your, what's your sequel? Um. Yeah, I, I Halloween didn't do anything for me this year. Um, I appreciated some of the bolder choices and bolder directions it went. Uh, but on the whole, now nah, you called it a wonky trilogy. I think that's. That's where I hang that. But liked Scream, liked Prey a lot. Um, I'd have been happy with either. But I'm going to throw out a weird one, which is, have you guys seen Timekeepers of Eternity? Mm-mm. No. No? So it's an experimental film. It's about an hour and change. It's a reimagining of Stephen King's Langoliers, huh. which is famously quite awful. And what the filmmakers did is they they took, they made black and white printouts of every single frame from Langoliers and then they re- use them to retell the story by like bending and folding and, and tearing the pages for thematic effect. Um, and as a result, this film is, you know, only about a third as long as the original. And it's it's a little hard to recommend because it's impossible to appreciate without having seen Langoliers. And that means I have to recommend the indignity of sitting through the Langoliers. But <laughs> um, it's a very cool little experiment that um, uh, aficionados like yourselves, I think, would would get a lot out of. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for taking the most straightforward category on this list and making it impossible. That's 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 really helpful. Uh, and <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I appreciate it, thinking outside the box. That's good. Think nothing of it. I love recommendations. This is good. My list is building. Um, my answer is Prey, um, which I, I guess it's, it's a, is it a prequel? It's set in the past. I don't know. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of prequels that came out. We had Orphan and Pearl. Those are all prequels as well. Um, but yeah, Prey is my pick. I mean, I think it's just a rock solid Predator movie um, that does all the kinds of things that I want a Predator movie to do. Um, and then some, you know, add some new ideas and twists and what have you. And the Predator has a good personality. Uh, I like a Predator that this one's like a cocky dick 
which most of the predators usually are, but I like that this one has it, it gets frustrated and it takes it out on things. It, it's fun. That, that's a fun thing to do. And yeah, so you know, Amber Bid Thunder is very good in the lead here. Um, there's a lot of clever workings of how to use Native American skills against a predator, let alone uh, Canadian fur trappers. Um, yeah, just top to bottom, fun, rock solid movie. Yeah. Agree. And, and Satan Slaves 2 Communion's fun as well. I don't know if you caught that on Shudder, but it's one of the more, I like looking at it. It's probably one of my favorite movies yeah. to look at this year. I love the cinematography. I love the brutal structure that they're in. Hmm. Really neat uh, film. So Satan Slaves 2 Communion, if you haven't watched that, that's worth a watch as well. All right. Okay, next up, uh, we ha- I, I feel like the 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 uh, runner-ups on sequels is kind of obvious right it's like the stand you know quick mention pearl and whatnot already um so moving on that uh best breakout performance mark what do you have for best breakout performance here oh amber mid thunder from prey i'm a huge fan of legion and so anytime someone from legion's on anything i'm like hey that's that from legion and so at watching amber mid thunder just fight the feral predator and just hold the screen and just uh yeah, it's it's got to be for me, Amber Midthunder. For I love Legion, and she was a great face puncher in that, and now she's punching predators. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Amber Midthunder, pray. All right, Mike. That was my pick as well. But since since it's taken, um, uh, I'm going to go with Anna Cobb from We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh okay. yeah, right. she. It's, yeah, very understated, lonely, vulnerable performance, um, and also. In addition, you know, without the edit, the benefit of editing because of the format of the film, which I imagine is uh, poses its own challenges for an actor. Um, I believe she's also she's also in Bones and All, right? Um, as the as the sister. She's the sister. Oh, uh, yeah. So oh. she, yeah, she had a good year. So that's yeah, my she, pick. That was a lot of work. That's a lot of work on the shoulders to like hold that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great pull. Sorry, I took your pick. It's, it's good to share the wealth. <laughs> yeah. Um, my pick is Rohan Campbell in uh, Halloween Ends. I do not know this person. I, I don't know. This, I don't know the show that he's been on. Um, but I, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough position to be in as far as you're going to be ostensibly the lead of the last Halloween movie for now, um, for a good chunk of it, and you're going to be usurping the role from Michael Myers essentially for a good chunk of it as well, and you have to play both a, a sympathetic character as well as a you know, a slasher. Um, and I I really like what he does as a performer in this movie. I think the, you know, regardless of liking the movie, I do think the performance you can look at and see that there's a lot of good acting there as far as seeing where he starts this film and seeing where he goes with that and the challenges it presents both on a physical level and an emotional one. I think there's a lot of good work coming from him. It was enough to impress me because I didn't see this swing coming as far as the perspective this film was going to take for good short with good portions of it so yeah i like Rowan campbell quite a bit so good he drew me in it, I, I was like who is this guy why am i watching this guy and i'm like oh i like this guy like it turned pretty quick and this, based, uh, he held he held the screen really well and based on the commentary and the social features he seems like just the nicest guy <laughs> he seems like he's really uh just into this world and wanted to do the best job he could um and a few others um Anna Diop in Nanny um I think Joseph Winter in Deadstream another like you have to hold the screen the entire time that can't be a an easy call to do for something like that um the the little girl in Hatching Siri Sol, Sol, Solina um 
yeah, there's just, some, I mean, that's tough work playing a twisted role that you have to play in that kind of movie. 1,200 girls were auditioned for that movie. Jeez. Yeah. And then she got picked. So I want, they went with the right one. You have any others? I'm just well, what's the parameter for a breakup performance? Because if the film is still kind of languishing in obscurity, because you know we're the ones who I think it's more of like, down quite a bit on Shutter, you know. Then yeah, I don't know if that's. I think it's more of like but... is you know you've seen presumably you've seen so many horror movies in a year. What's a performance that's stuck with you from somebody that's you know that you just haven't heard of before or just haven't haven't seen their presence? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Aaron, you turned me onto a movie called uh, Hellbender with this oh, family yeah. and it's made by yeah made by the, this the adams family, family as i like, recall yes <laughs> yeah i think yeah. they're like this upstate new york family that just makes these tiny little horror movies together and that's that's great and they're really fun and there's a great scene that oh maybe i should have mentioned during the makeup effects where they're just like puking on each other but laughing and, and giggling and rolling around in the grass it's it's just the right mix of gross and weird mm-hmm. which is like my kitchen fight right mother daughter <laughs> puke mother mother daughter puke bonding um yeah, so that that those are performances from people I had never heard of before, which I thought this is great, and I hope they go on to do uh, more sort of widely recognized and and uh, uh, enjoyed things. Yeah, I saw Melissa Barrara in the in the Heights, but then I liked her in Scream or Five Cream, mm-hmm. taking up the lead from that, and so now she she looks like an excellent form in Scream Six. So that seems like a pretty good breakout performance right there. Um, best first time horror director. I said that very specifically in case they've made films before but never did horror before. So with that in mind, Mark, what's your favorite first best her first time horror director? Yeah, so I made sure that she hadn't done a feature. She had done shorts and a, a loads of commercials. But I'm gonna say Hannah Bergholm from Hatching, because you know she they started with a one word synopsis like what happens if a boy gets taken over and he has a doppelganger. And then they switched over to a girl and then you know, built the script out from there, but she had a background working with kids and she had a background working with puppets. So I feel like she took her skill set really wisely and then brought in wonderful animatronics, wonderful practical effects, had a really good performance from from the lead, uh, you know, a 12 year old girl who just really, really nailed it. And I think just the whole tone of like the influencer, the, all the interesting pastel colors, the, the production design, just a very, very, very confident first time like feature director. Like I know that I know that she had directed a ton of commercials and 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 the like, but it's just such, it's a very confident. The tone like blows me away. So yeah, I'm gonna say uh Hannah Bergholm from Hatching. That's a good pick. Mike? Uh I went with Mimi Cave who directed Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, one we I think we talked about this last year, but you know, I interpret this category as who am I most excited to see what they do next? Mm-hmm. And fresh, um, I mean, fresh is, is fun. It's it's not mind blowing, but it, it for me was deftly enough walking the line between creepy, funny, weird, and satirical. And I think that takes some talent. And I'm I'm very excited to see what she does next. Yeah, that's the that's the logic I go with on on this kind yeah. of category as well. And I do think all the you know ones I consider it certainly have. I, I look forward to what's coming next. But it, what I mean. I'm try. I'm trying hard not to go with like recency bias because I just you know watched it this week. But I think Deadstream, I think, just shows a lot of promise. Uh, but with uh, Vanessa Winter and Joseph Winter, yeah, I, I think the the kind of energy they're bringing to something like that and using that format, which is you know um, lots of um, 
uh, GoPros and security cameras and what have you, like using that format. Um, and then, yes, with VHS 99 is another, you know, which usually utilizes similar approaches. It's like found footage or whatever you want to call it. I I really like the kind of energy they're bringing in there, um, which is can be a tough call, especially when you have to rely on, you know, very few characters to guide you through something and make them both annoying, but also funny and not disengage the audience by those choices. Um yeah, uh, mixing that with, you know, the special effects or what have you involved in making, you know, something, you know, fun, but also terrifying and what have you like that's yeah, a lot of good stuff there. I, mean, I think that the winters uh, have a have a lot of promise uh, based on big what talent. Seen. Yeah, I agree. That was a lot. I hope you all appreciate the public service I'm doing by being here. Lily King 98, Sean, please do the right thing and help the spirits of this house find rest. Hell no! I'm not an exorcist, Lily King 98. Oya Boyo, are you still with what's her name? No, shh, we're here. Uh, Zach Kreger in Bar- doing Barbarian. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the, you know, from the from the whitest kid you know. Now he's become he wants to show, uh, show uh, how much he appreciates the horror genre and. Uh, <sighs> it's, from the way he's talked about things, it seems like he wants to keep going in this in this area. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that came to mind. Um, Such I, an I, audacious and like devious move. Ah, oh, I love it. It makes me so happy. It's a first time director movie, but it doesn't feel like it. It's nice. Andrew Siemens with Resurrection. I, I if they have more to go down the path on, and as far as a psychological horror, I'm here for it. I think it's knows <laughs> it did it, his job. Uh, yeah, those are some of my runner-ups. You guys have any? JJ Perry. Okay. <laughs> Get him making more vampire movies. I, I know Aaron wasn't too big on this film, but I, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine named Chloe Okuno, who made her debut film last year called Watcher. Yeah. The, the Michael Monroe, which again, you know, it, it's a, a genre exercise, but I think as first films go, very solid. I would agree. And I, I will tell you this, it's been on my queue for Shudder because the first time I watched it was I was it was a number of I was watching a number of Sundance films in a row. And so I'm watching like the third movie in a row and it's like lesser good quality because it's streaming off Sundance. So I'm curious now if I watch it like full HD on Shudder, if it'll look if like just having a better experience watching it. I'm, I'm curious because I know it's a well-regarded film, like I'm in, way in the minority on not liking it. But I'm curious. It's if got I, some lovely cinematography. That's, so I yeah, think that's HD clearly the way that it, yeah. it, it feels like my regard for it, or the way I see it is like, yeah, it's a movie that feels dressed up nice because it has the European locations to use for and everything. But like the story just wasn't doing it for me. But maybe if I have a more fresh mind, I might come around to it. We'll see. But that's assuming I ever get to it, given all the movies that are out <laughs> to watch. Um, I rewatched the train scene just for this episode because I remember this the i love the way they uh-huh. framed the shots in the train so i was like maybe i'll bring that up tonight so i just went back real quick and rewatched it uh-huh. that's probably my favorite part of that movie i love the way the characters move the long like the it's a, yeah they make a train look good uh-huh. and i didn't just bring that up because i mentioned under siege 2 earlier i died was like a natural star territory so, yeah yeah so dark, there's so uh, so a good tr- a kitchen on a train is yeah. probably your your just your nexus right can you pitch that to, to J.J. Perry? 
Well, I mean, for the next one, well, like, right now, yeah. like Bullet Train. <laughs> Bullet Train was doing that, you know. Oh yeah, I was in heaven, yeah. but it was more of like a lobby. It was more of like a gift. Well, it's a area. train. I mean, what are they gonna have? A full, you know, they're not gonna have the raid two in there. Like, what does Jack? Does, does Snowpiercer have a kitchen? Um, well, it has they, a sushi bar. They have eggs. They have a yeah. sushi bar. Yeah. They have like the processing plant for the crickets or whatever the fuck that they're turning into bars right. to eat. But do they have a full on kitchen? Night and day. Has a great nice. train kitchen fight. That's one right there. So that's going to be tough to beat. But if you put vampires in it, then they could do it. Put Micah Monroe in there. Are there more? Are there vampires? Like, I'm sure there are. Are there vampires on train movies? <sighs> like, I'm sure there's vampires on trains, but like, is that a ghost been, like, of Mars? Is that those been, like, are ghosts? Is that been like what a was the one conceit? that you? What was the one that you turned me on to with the vampires on planes? Oh, blood oh, red oh sky. blood red sky, yeah, blood red sky, right? That movie rocks. Um, <laughs> it's long, but it... wait, Sam Jackson, vampires uh-huh. on a train. That's it, right there. there that's the whole thing. I'm gonna get yeah. these mother effing vampires take, off this mother effing train. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, best director. We've approached best director, Mark. Who's your pick here? Phil Tippett. Mad God. Phil, Phil Tippett. Tippett. All right. That's okay. it. I mean, 30 years. Had to take a break. Had to go some places. Had to, you know, relax, unwind. But the, the visuals, it's one of the most. I didn't want to take my eyes off the screen because I, I didn't want to miss something. Just the way that it comes together and how audacious. And I mean, just a, just a lot of poop and a lot of murder and a lot of vivisections <laughs> and uh just the the creativity on display in that movie and how it came together and just maddening i mean just uh, you just think about all the work that went into it like you just it, phil tippett mad god that's it that's okay. my winner mike i i shouted that out mad god last year right i think that was my you did, favorite yes. film yeah. period oh, yeah, wow. yeah um now yeah because i'd seen it the previous year at a festival it's it's like this weird miracle of a movie it's it's terrific right um yeah for me i wanted to i mean use the occasion as i keep doing uh tonight to shout out lesser known filmmakers but it's i was thinking about it's hard not to recognize jordan peele um i I think he still hasn't managed to recapture the sort of lightning in a bottle quality of get out but nope just shows such command of the craft um yeah i wanted to come up with some runner-ups but this is the one i just kept coming back to so i'm gonna go with jordan peele that's what i had too um yeah. but i do want to i do like splitting the wealth around so my other one was luca, luca Godanino for bones and all um i i think it's not the easiest thing to do you know your own take on malik um because it could just look like an actual knockoff of malik um, more more so than like your own original thing but i do think that I I be I think it'd be hard pressed to tell that he's not trying to you know do a Badlands riff to some degree, but I do still think he makes it his own because I think he has a very specific style that he's no how to bring to something like this, and I think it works as far as telling the story that is you know romantic but has this you know horror edge going on given the nature of these characters and Sully and all that, um, and it's just a really good looking movie as far as depicting the American Midwest and using the you know the the um twilight scenes and 
capturing the kind of the vibe of this 80s set landscape and everything i, I think it's a really well composed film. he's getting these great performances out of these actors and everything so i think that's david gordon green's that's popping up yeah david gordon green yeah he pops up in here to it with him and just him and Stuhlbarg. um yeah there's I, I think it's a really well directed movie uh, for sure um Credit words do. I think Ty West pulling off, you know, one movie and being like, you know what? Mm-hmm. What if we made another one <laughs> like in the same year? Um, with X and Pearl, uh, certainly with his credit, uh, David Cronenberg being like, hadn't lost a step. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly gets my head nod as well. Um, yeah, those are those are the other ones that I, that I had. I mean, Trachtenberg made a good Predator film. He kept yeah. it simple. I mean, that's just, hey, let's have a Yotja hunting somebody. <laughs> let's go back to that. Just nailed it. Like any others? Uh, no, nothing comes to mind. Right. Um, and again, I really think as a as a lean genre exercise, Sick was just terrific. And so, yeah, uh, Iams, is John right? Hyams, who's done a lot of uh, action action films, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah. What is he the Universal Soldier, or is that yeah. another yeah. Hyams? Uh, yeah, no, Day of Reckoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. He's the he's the son of Peter Hyams, right? Who did yeah. Time Cop, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. That's some strong DNA. No, 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 that's not. Yeah, yeah, Time Cop. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cyborg. Regeneration <laughs> blew my mind a little bit when I watched it. Because I was like, what well, I'll just watch this movie, whatever. And then it was good. And then yeah, the the Day of Reckoning, holy mo what a gnarly, grubby, grimy film. It's lovely. Makes me happy. I know it's completely not horror, but that's a horror Jason film. It has some, horror, very... it has some horror moments, yeah. I won Dolph Lundgren over. I met him in Austin. I was doing a Comic-Con, and he's like, oh, who's this guy? And then I started talking about the movies he directed and the Universal Soldier films, and he stopped, takes off his glasses. He's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Mark. He's like, nice <laughs> to meet you. So then we just chatted about his movies for a while. So, yeah, I won him over by talking about Universal Soldier. He was happy about that. Nice. Good to know. I, I would have gone with, like, asking him chemistry questions, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> to know universal soldiers are the way in i saw him melt too like he's like this guy's gonna bring up rocky like oh fuck you know like this guy sucks and then i was like yeah man like command performance you're you're you directed that and he's like what so yeah i got in it was good all right we've approached our final special award mark what do you have for your, your third special award oh, there's so many but i just went for the most insane choice of a lead and that's annie hardy and dash cam so I, i'm watching dash cam and i'm just like what is it? this whole the uh, just her vibe and like the whole energy through the whole movie she's just uh, <laughs> you just it's a bonkers thing which is i was like but well you're doing like uh, yeah that that's it right there and i, I read about it and he's like yeah I, just, I think it captured the mad chaos of annie hardy so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is down to the viewer but that was the attention like going in so he just said she's montative spontaneous and creative and then she's like playing a more cartoonish version of herself but i'm like this is this is a choice to have this as a lead in your movie in dash cam so yeah that was my third award because i was like this is this is gnarly it, it took a while to process all right mike all right so i'm calling this my uh the Idris Elba squares off against a CGI tailored Swift Cat brackets, not to be confused with the CGI tailored Swift Cat close bracket award. Uh huh. And it goes to it goes to Beast. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh oh okay good. I was wondering if there'd be an upset. That up there 
is the Nandi Pride. Yep. It's named after that magnificent matriarch in the middle there. Wow. Yep, and the males are Kuda and his brother Kawe. Kawe? Kawe. 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 And are we, uh, are we safe right here? Oh, you're safe, you're safe. They just finished off last night's kill. Okay, good. Yeah. That is insane. Did you go clean? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, oh, it's all right, you're okay. He's just letting you know that he's there. See, the way it works with lions is the females do the hunting, the males protect the pride. Well, protect them from what? Usually from other lions. Any lion from outside the family comes into their territory. Kuda and Kawe will leap onto it, start ripping it apart limb from limb, or die trying. It's the law of the jungle. I thought Beast was tons of fun. Yeah. Speaking of good, good cinematography, um, <laughs> really clever long shots in that movie, and uh, yeah, it's it's del it's delivering exactly what it what it promises, which I appreciated for sure. Right, no fuss, no fuss, no yeah. fuss. And like Charto yeah. stays around a lot longer than I thought too. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, he sticks in, and he's good yeah. in the movie. It <laughs> also helps. Yeah, that's good. My uh, my last award is the uh, it's kind of a tribute. It's the Jean Jean Pierre Jeannot and and Mark Barros Delicatessen Award for Best Feasting slash Feeding Scenes of 2022. Um, and then, you know, in a proper award show, there'd be a montage showing the menu, hatching, nope, bones and all, fresh, and other uh, cannibal films that we had uh, this year. Um, just a lot of good movies about uh, people eating stuff in the worst way possible uh, this year. I, uh, I appreciated how much we got of that in horror. Uh, it just seems like territory that's not mined very often. Um so add feed me to that list but also there's a it's a couple years old but it's u.s distribution was last year there's a very funny french dark comedy called some like it rare okay which is also about can cannibalism that's a that's a fun one too mm -hmm. like i mentioned it earlier yeah all right i have more movies to watch than just ravenous now so i'm happy i love <laughs> ravenous i'll keep watching it but yeah i'm happy to add some cannibal flicks to the list Okay, we're in our. I don't know. You, you seem you seem easily easily bothered by gore and um and mayhem. That's Mark, after I mean, the fact. That's, might... that's that's more of a yeah. That's like I'm just saying. If you watch too many, it might it might really be eating at you. <laughs> that's fine. Thank you for the thank you for the setup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew you were hungry for uh to to get one of those off, so I I let you have it. It's a it's a it's a meaty recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I was going to say something. Are you all else, right, Aaron? I'm glad you guys are beefing up the banter. It's really helping. Um, <laughs> our final stretch of awards here. We have. Let's go for. Let's get to best actress. Uh, Mike, who do you have for for best actress, best performance by an actress? Am I am I going first? Sorry, Mark. Mark. Oh, uh, I think I'm stealing this, and this yeah, is probably I got excited a... for a second. <laughs> this go for it, Mike. Let's mix it up. No, it's, it's all right. Go, go ahead. I haven't had to pivot yet. I'm I'm, I'm always down for a pivot. So uh... change horses in midstream. All right, I'll do it. Um, because I only have one and that's Mia Goth for Pearl. Um, I think she, for me, walked away with this one. Uh, I've known Mia Goth in movies for some years now, but I've never really had any opinion uh, of her. And her performance in this really blew me away. I actually found X pretty underwhelming. And so I wasn't sure going into Pearl. And obviously Pearl is a bit more of a thriller than, um, or psychological thriller than, whereas X is a straight up slasher. And that gave her a greater emotional range of things to, to, to do in the film and i think she just she kills it so to speak so that's my pick right. easiest yeah, it, one i picked yeah. it, uh for me it came down between it pearl or resurrection and mm. and I, I think i went with i went with rebecca hall because 
you know, I watched Resurrection, and then when I was reading about it later to, to write a review, I, I was like, oh, the seven-minute monologue by Rebecca Hall. And I went, she had a seven-minute monologue? Because I remember that whole speech, but I never was like, oh, she's monologuing, if that makes sense. Like, like w- when I was watching Rebecca Hall, in my head, I was like, this is a great monologue. Like, I was just, I got so immersed in her performance, and so I started researching it. She only had a couple times to do it. They wouldn't turn the air conditioner off in the place they were shooting, and she said that, when it comes to rolling, she knew all the lines, but she's like, I don't really know what I'm going to do most of the time. So she just relies on her instinct to see what happens. And so I think because of that, I didn't just, I didn't just go, Hey, this is a monologue. Like when I, when I watch Pearl, I love it. She, she's my second pick. Um, yeah, Maya Goth, Mia Goth. But I was like, I felt the monologue and that's a really weird nitpicky mm-hmm. thing. But when you're picking your winner, for me, at least I, I, I was like, Oh wow. She really did have a seven minute monologue. She just nailed it. And like Rebecca Hall with the night house. And I'm just really happy seeing her directing passing and, and doing all that. But yeah, just the physicality of her role in, in, in resurrection. And then just that, that whopper of a scene that didn't feel like a whopper of a scene. Like she just really Rebecca hauled it. And so that's why I gave her my, my pick for best, best actress. I also had Hall. Um, It's, (laughs) It is things like that monologue. There's a scene that Abe pointed out on our podcast where we covered it, our episode where we covered it, where um, she's just like, she has to look like death at one point where she's just kind of lying on a, on a couch or a sofa or whatever. And like, she's been going through so much because of what Tim Roth is doing to her and her daughter comes upon her and she just looks gone. And, you know, putting yourself in that kind of state of mind and what have like, I just think there's a lot of good work. I mean, throughout the movie, there's some good, but like, you know, having to physically drain yourself essentially to make, to pull, to pull off certain kinds of things that she has to do. Um, yeah, it's just really solid work all the way around. All right. On the counterpoint here, best performance by an actor in a horror movie. Mike, <laughs> what do you have here? <laughs> so... I was going to go with Rory Kinnear and Men, but since we've already shouted it out, I'm, I'm going to go with my runner-up, actually, which works just fine for me. Um, it's a supporting role, but I really enjoyed Hen- Harry Melling as Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe in Pale Blue Eye. Okay. Um, it's kind of a consistently quirky and weird, but never not interesting performance. It, it, it's arguably the only memorable thing about the film. That's correct. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> That, that that held my attention in a way that thought, that made me think like, this is this is different and interesting and it's it's also you know talking about Edgar Allan Poe right so if you know anything about it you you come with certain expectations or ideas about there's so many different ways this could have been done and he kind of owns it and makes it his own and it's a kind of a unique creation while at the same time being this sort of iconic literary figure I I like that balance and I do like that performance coming out of the film otherwise feeling pretty let down by it so. He's so watchable, so watchable. Very watchable. And that was that um the one with the Netflix picture with Robert Pattinson where he's eating the chicken livers. Kill he's it. very memorable on that. The, the devil all the time. Yeah, the devil all the time. Oh, yeah, that's just, right. Yeah, super watchable, dude. For yeah, yeah. Mark, who's uh, your uh, performance for? Acting? I guess we we don't have to cover it much, but I, I guess it's what Joseph Winter well, Winter from Deadstream, <laughs> the energy that he had to keep up and just making this guy likable and everything that he remembered and just all the jokes and just, you know, like I am the influencer. Like it's just, and and, and I like that. He's like, we created Sean and like, we, 
as he wrote, and if we created Sean and he didn't feel like anybody in real life that would, what we'd want to spend time with, then we failed. And he like, he did a deep dive into influencers and YouTube personalities. I've been writing for a YouTube channel for a couple of years now. And like you, you learn more about the algorithms, you learn more about the writers, their personalities and like how they can draw people in and the merch and all of that. And so watching him do that without kind of a, it's a wink for sure, but he does do such a good job. And keeping that energy up in that house all the time, just the the energy, the performance, uh, I, you know, I, I, man, I, that's it. I had to give it to him because he, he has to play pathetic um, in a way that's likable, which is not a, an easy thing to do, especially when it comes to this age. You know, of a streamer um, who apparently did something <laughs> terrible, uh, and so the, the idea that you have to like. You're stuck with this guy, and he has to, and he's going to constantly narrate at you, and it's going to seem obnoxious but pathetic at the same time. <laughs> um, and that, but somehow that's endearing in its own way and funny. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of the pull off that I think he, he manages to do well. Yeah. So I, we've covered a lot. I just love it. I just I like when actors can keep that energy up, like and just mm-hmm. draw you in. And that so that's my pick. Uh, my pick is um, Mehdi Bajastani from Holy Spider. Um, oh uh-oh. yeah! The um, crap! I yeah. forgot about that. The the uh, lead, the lead uh, <laughs> male performer. I mean, there's it's kind of a it's kind of a co lead role because there's the the female journalist, but then there's there's the the male who's very involved for reasons in this movie. Um, I think he's really good in this role. Obviously, I'm picking him. I think there's you know there's move you know movies that are dealing with serial killers. Um, there is ways to play that that you know have a certain heightened quality to it um and there's ways like how uh Stani does it where it's very understated and driven by certain purposes but it's still like it's it's he's playing it very plain as if there's a almost a a routine he's doing as far as how to embody the, this kind of the mind of this person who doesn't like he has very clear feelings on what he's trying to accomplish but like his the way his everyday life plays out uh it's a really intriguing balance that's sinister in its own way but without being kind of terrifying so uh, i i thought i thought this was a uh, especially kind of where it goes i really liked what he did with his performance quite a bit yeah that's a great yeah. poll that's a great pick and also you know, in the latter half of the movie, mm-hmm. a, a lot of those those qualities and characteristics that you're identifying, they give way to just sort of a smirking cockiness Yeah. Um, in the latter half of the film. And that's, I mean, that ties directly into the themes of the film about how the, the patriarchy and, and the, the unfairness of it all. But that element of his performance, too, that sort of transition from being really understated and creepy and tortured to being just sort of arrogant and creepy and, and a know-it-all is also... Um, I imagine difficult to do for sure. Yeah. That altercation he has with the woman, uh, that she's just harder to kill than he anticipated. That's such a crazy <laughs> scene. Oh man. Just watching that. He's yeah. He nails it. That's really good. We got a, we got our last two categories here for our, our best pictures. Mike wisely suggested that we should split these up into uh, international and U S horror releases. And so we're going to start off with the international horror release. Um, let's go back to Mark. Mark, what is your, Best international horror film for the year. Oh, it's what uh, Saloom, Saloom. Uh, I I just love it. You. That's my that's my pick uh, too. Um, easily. Okay. For me. Oh um, <laughs> so, yeah. 
I, I know it was released a couple of years ago, but like it finally came around now. But just watching, like, talking, listen to the director talking about how he wanted to like look unique and fresh, and it's the brotherhood between the groups, and just watching the genres being blended and the cool monsters and just the characters that grow. And you know, I really love the final wide shots when they're when they're taking off on the water and just watching the entire film. It was just man, it made me so happy. It's like one just a really wonderful film and a really solid experience so yeah like i would i'll probably give like satan slaves uh, a spot right there also holy spiders there's, there's a bunch of good ones this year uh hatching but yeah i gotta go with with that so that's my that's my pick yeah it's since i had the same movie i i just agree with you like i i'm all for a good genre switch up also where it starts as because this movie's you know it's very much almost like from dusk till dawn as far as it has this um mm this big you know it's a big crime thriller at the at the forefront and then it turns into a supernatural thriller uh in ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect and i very much appreciate how it does that because i think it's really just well done well filmed well made um the fact that it's a senegalese film just it, it i always find it fascinating as far as you know seeing how the culture and how history informs movies like this that's very much a part of this movie which i think is why it makes it stronger in my eyes than just a exercise in genre it's one that feels informed by i mean the the guys that are the star of this are based on like a real assassin squad like i mean there's just like a lot of just neat stuff going on here in addition to being this you know eventually a crazy monster movie so like yeah i, I was a i was a big fan of this movie. i've been championing it for like a year when i when i first saw it back you know a, a while ago and it kept touring festivals and everything then it got this shutter release like great finally and then like not that I need other reviews to make me feel better, but like the fact that it got like just such a unanimous like praise when it was coming out and people discovering this movie just made me very happy uh, for the movie and for the filmmakers involved. I can't, I look forward to seeing whatever the is, is coming up next in that regard. But uh, Mike. Oh yeah. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised uh, Salome didn't come up earlier in our conversation. It's really, really good. It is, and I was trying um, to like spread out so many things. So. <laughs> yeah, best tree. Um, well, it, for me, I mean, I I really loved Holy Spider. It didn't it didn't even occur to me to include it because I've just been sort of thinking of it more as a noir thriller than a horror film. But that's fair. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so so if that's permitted, I'll throw it in. But I'm I'm really torn between uh, Speak No Evil uh -huh. and and the sadness. And I think I'm leaning more sadness just because it's just, it's so depraved, right? And I just, I have to kind of take my hat off to any filmmakers who are just that committed to um, to just pushing button and, and but but to do it effectively and um, uh, uh, with great talent and, and, and craft. And so that's the one that it's obviously, it's a, not everyone's cup of tea, but for those who can stomach it, I, I'm certainly recommending it the most of, any international horror film this year, I think. That was easier for me to watch than Terrifier 2. And they're both gnarly, but I think they're completely different. But yeah, I love Sadness is Good. I love that movie. Ugh. Speaking of Evil was my runner-up uh, for this category. That was, yeah. it, it's right there, because it really... That ending's really strong. Like I, I wasn't ready for like how far it was going to go, <laughs> the way it wanted to accomplish overall. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's right there. And uh, a shout out to uh, The Innocents and Piggy. Um, I think those are just both solid, solid horror movies. Mm -hmm. uh, um, all right. Best U.S. horror film release of 2022. Mark, what do you have? 
It's boring, but I just got to go with Barbarian. I, I can't think of the last time I've been happier in a theater. That's it. I, I don't. I'm sorry if I'm being basic here, but you're fine. Uh, it's your pick. Uh, uh, yeah, I just like, but I've been hearing people like, oh yeah, Barbarian, Barbarian, but man, I, it's audacious. It's it's devious. It's well performed. I think Justin Long is just perfection in it, and just it's legitimately scary. And it builds thing, getting some, beaten with his own arm. Yeah, I mean, I've been here for 15 years, and then just Justin Long's heel turn, like like he's always a heel, but then he keeps going more heel, and just the way it goes and the way it builds, and knowing they went over to Bulgaria and they like built the sets, they built all of that, just watching the way they handle it, and you know the the opening tension. There's good fake rain. I'm in the fake rain. I kind of like the fake rain in that movie, not it level, but it's still good. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, I I, I, can't, I can't think of the last time I've just really had a big big smile on my face while watching a horror movie and uh, uh yeah so it's uh, barbarian like it, that's it that's it for me yeah, you know what's missing though is a good kitchen sequence yeah he's drinking the wine in the kitchen but he doesn't smash it on anybody so it's right they missed it they missed in, an opportunity there in barbarians i'm sure they'll throw that one in there <laughs> directed by jj perry <laughs> barbarians that search for curly's gold yeah <laughs> Yeah. Wait. So it's, I'm all it's in buried Detroit, under, under, It's buried under one of the houses in Detroit. Mike, what do you have for your best US? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with sick. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I keep I keep saying it, but I just I I I really just always have this special place that I, uh, uh, and and affection for just a exercise in genre really effectively. It's it's one of the reasons why one of my favorite non horror films of last year was Kimmy by Soderbergh, right? Just love a 90 minute exercise. And to me, this one was just, um, just excellent. Just fun all the way through. Um, but I thought, you know, because it's coming out now, if, if that's a bit of a cheat, then I would have gone with Prey. Because again, as another sort of genre exercise and as a franchise film that really exceeds expectations, that was uh, the most fun from beginning to end. So if, if that's my criteria, then those are my, those are the ones I'm going with. That works. Uh, nope is my answer. Um, it's it's one of my favorite films of the year in general. Anyway, um, I do think it's every time I watch it, it grows on me. Um, it is, and I already really liked it to begin with, but like, there's just more I keep discovering. Um, I feel like Peel is in just we're complete control as far as what he feels like he wants to do. Like this feels like much like us, regardless of whatever ambiguities there are. I feel like if he really wanted to lay out everything that's happening, he could very easily explain it. He knows what this world is that he wants to share, and he's sharing it the way he feels the most confident in. And I admire that. Um, I like that it has so many kind of layers and underlying themes going on within the realms of a summer blockbuster, you know, horror adventure movie. Um, I've been calling it Sky Jaws for a while because I feel like that's really accurate. But I mean, if you're going to be compared to something, Jaws is not the worst one to be compared to um, when you're doing a movie as well as this peel is with Nope. So yeah, that's it's been my it's my best picture for U.S. horror. But yeah, also, but but the way he tinkers around with genre, right? I mean, and mm -hmm. Nope, insofar as it's a black western and sort of these these additional layers that are just. I mean, I find something I should have said earlier when I was praising Jordan Peele. It's he works on so many levels, right? There, there's a, it's a scary, fun horror blockbuster movie on one level for those who want to approach it that way. But then, if you want to dig deeper, it's all there. Now, yeah. I think arguably some of the criticism is that he gets a little lost in his own allegory and symbolism. So there are some things that are just like what, but <laughs> um, for the most part, just 
he's he never i think betrays that he's not in control and that there's sort of an auteuristic sensibility that is kind of there there's a rosetta stone there for understanding his work and his approach to the genre that you know i mean i i teach film studies right so just the um you can make such a meal out of jordan peele's work and his approach that i find endlessly just sort of fascinating and usable and reusable in sort of conversation that I, uh that i really I, love i agree i love and talking about his movies right for sure and i, I agree and then that's what i said as far as he does feel like he's in control of what he's doing but in ter- and in terms of the you know the the idea of getting lost in allegory it's like that if anything that's that to me speaks to the idea that movies are not designed to be watched once and once only um you know it's not a matter of you need to see something and it's required of you to see something more than twice in order to get it but i do like the fact that if i'm not for a film like this it feels like it's purposely trying to challenge me um uh, for the sake of you know entertain, being entertained by it at, at in one level in one level and then knowing that if i revisit it i can consider other points of view or other perspectives or other ideas or other things that may have not occur to me the first time around and i feel like that's a very conscious decision on his part to make a movie that yes is designed to be a blockbuster for the summer for a summer audience to bring people in but has enough going on where yeah it's designed to like throw you off it's designed to subvert expectations or bring in other ideas that you're not expecting so yeah the, you know one one viewing of a film is not going to be, you know, it's not going to en- encompass everything that you can take away from it. And so that's why I've, yeah, well, seen, he, he's, I've, I've seen Nope three or four times now at this point. A, so I'm very happy that I've gotten so much out of it. He's making horror films. He ain't, he's not making horror movies. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just, right? so he, he's doing really great. And also, I mean, credit where credit is due to put out a big July blockbuster that isn't based on an IP. That's the other thing that you I. Know. It doesn't God bless like, Jordan Peele for that. I, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather if the complaint is there's too much here as opposed to <laughs> like what's the alternative? As not enough. As opposed, yeah. yeah, as opposed to that's exactly what I uh, expect to see and nothing else and nothing less. And uh, I guess I'll never talk about it again because I got everything out of the first time. Like, okay, great. Like, nothing wrong with that. If you're entertained, you're entertained. You're entertained. But I'm not going to fault Peele for trying harder. Like, it's not a, not a problem for me. And on a, a superficial level, I just love seeing Keith David, Michael Wincott, and Oz Perkins, like yeah. the director of Black Oats Daughter, mm-hmm. which I think the Black Oats Daughter is like my favorite horror film in the last 10 years. I don't think. I, huh. It is my favorite horror film in the last 10 Great. years. But just seeing the, just the she tells the, the demon to come back, like, don't go. It's the, the alienation and loneliness of that movie is incredible. But yeah, it's seeing them pop up with a big smile on my face. And I just watched it the first time as like a nice summer blockbuster. I just got washed away in it and I loved it. And then the second, third times, and I started kind of watching the documentaries and reevaluating it. I really dug it. That's what I like about his movies. You you can find things a few times in, like with Get Out with a lot of the costume decisions. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't pick up on that until probably like the second or third viewing. I went, oh, that's really interesting how they're, you know, they're dressed together, then they're eventually not. Like they're, they separate as they get back to her house. So and I I love how there's layers to it. But you can also enjoy it on like a super not a superficial level, but just, I'm gonna go watch a picture, and I'm gonna enjoy this thing. And so that's that's what I I love about his films. Well, we've done it. We've gone through all of our categories. We've talked about a lot of horror films, a lot of things that I hope people uh, check out. Given the nature, some of these are being you know streaming films, Shutter films, what have you that you know may not have gotten the the deluxe treatment like movies like nope uh have so yeah. ideally there's plenty of recommendations that we've thrown a, thrown out through the audience yeah we had a we had a good variety we had a little bit for everybody i was i i'm yeah. very happy with these, these five these selections that we've made because i certainly tried to mix things up and i think you guys all did as well so 
I think this is a pretty pretty solid. Well, all that's very good, and uh, we've done it. We've completed our 2022 horror awards. All the trophies will be mailed out, of course, so they'll they'll get those soon enough, and they'll you know that that's completely true. Um, but that is going to wrap are it we, up. Are we still are we still calling them the out nowies? <laughs> that was my we, suggestion. It was either that or the or the Aaron and Abe bees, but yeah. Abe isn't oh. here, so. Once we get that trophy design in, I'm sure we'll just like we can look at it and it'll come to us in that manner. Um, the kitchen fighties. The ki- <laughs> <laughs> right, you're just begging us to do like action awards at some point as well. <laughs> but best that- action scene mm-hmm. in a horror movie. What would be the best? I mean, be live- sure to tell Abe. Be sure to tell Abe we missed him, but also you know next year girl pair. Yeah. <laughs> If he'd see more, like, because he's seen his share, he saw a good share of horror movies last year. Certainly not opposed to having A be a part of this as well. Um, but with all that, good thing, people tell, tell him we said hey. Of course. With all of that in mind, that is going to wrap us up for this bonus episode of Out Now with Aaron Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work at myhurlabout.co.zeek.com. Everything I do opens up over there. I write for Weave Entertainment and Why So Blue. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer, where can people find more of you online? Uh, movies, films, the flicks podcast, Con Air the podcast, Deep Blue Sea the podcast. I also work for Fandom. I, I release these by the numbers videos that go along with the honest trailers. And I had to watch 400 plus episodes of Dragon Ball Z to pull all Vegeta stats. So that's coming out soon. And then I got a John Wick. I analyze all the John Wick movies, pull a ton of, ton of kill counts from that. And then I'm doing all the Chris videos now. And then you can also go to Film Theorists and just type in Mark Hoffmeyer and watch my videos there. So I got some fun stuff all around. Very cool. Mike Dillon, anything you want to plug? No, I'm not good at stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, I do thank both Mark and Mike for joining me for the 2022 Horror Awards. Yeah. The Kitchen Fighties. But uh, that, that is going to do it for, for this year's award. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Drop on by the Clown Cafe, your favorite meals on wheels. The menu is disgusting and it's full of special deals. Nothing here is good for you, so grab yourself a tray. Cause food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. Drop on by the Clown Cafe. Drop on by the Clown Cafe. Gobble up your order quick before it runs away Cause food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe Why not visit after school and have yourselves a bite An appetizing appetizer certain to delight We haven't done it right unless it makes your teeth decay Cause food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe Drop on by the Clown Cafe Drop on by the Clown Cafe. The grub is downright gruesome, but your appetite's obey. Cause food's a little funny. Food's a little funny. Food's a little funny.